0: on the podcast. We're going to be talking about our predictions for what is happening in AI in 2024. There is a lot of crazy stuff and we're actually going to be breaking down an article that was recently released by The Information. Big shout out to my personal uh, favorite AI publication of the year because they just always have the most juicy inside scoop takes that you're not going to find anywhere else. We're going to break down some really interesting predictions they have and talking about them. So Connor, what's, what's the top of your list for these predictions for ai in 2024
1: listen we could have our own list on this jaden obviously like there's so much to talk about and sort of like where we want to go but i i love going off these lists who doesn't love an end of year you know top list we got to do more of this kind of stuff uh, but the information, as I, I totally agree, it's one of the great things out there. So I just want to kind of like go through a couple of these things and get sort of like your and my take on it, right? So, so one of the big ones they kick us right off. That this is a, obviously if the information. Uh, again, it's it's an expensive yearly uh, you know buy if you're interested in it, but it's there's nothing better out there. So anyway, so let's kick off. The first one out there is talks about Microsoft and OpenAI having a falling out, and so. Uh, this Let me just sort of like read Just a couple of things from this It says Listen, when OpenAI was a young upstart Striking a deal with a company With a well-funded global brand like Microsoft Probably sounded like a great idea But now That model developer Has likely blown past 1.5 billion in annualized revenue Competing with Microsoft For the same customers That might not be uh, appealing Whether it triggered, blah, blah, blah uh, Anyway, so it's uh, Oh, and this is the other part about this It says Even as OpenAI continues to rely On Microsoft servers and chips I'm dying to see what happens With Microsoft and OpenAI There's amazing Venn yeah. diagrams and things like that out there. Where Microsoft has done this first of all, they I'm not gonna say they made OpenAI what they was, but but what they are, but they gave a huge platform to them just in the same way OpenAI gave Microsoft this cachet that allowed them to come back into this hunt, especially for search. Now, did they actually capture a whole bunch of the search market from Google? No. But Microsoft is now seen as a wildly different company than they were seen 12 months ago today. They're seen as cutting edge. They're seen as a leader in AI. And that is really all thanks to uh, OpenAI. But the interesting thing about this... As Microsoft is obviously you know has and is continues to launch their own products and copilot and everything else, uh, you know repackaging and essentially what they're doing a ton of is repackaging open AI products and reselling them. And all of a sudden, open AI is sort of like looking over there and being like, "Hey, what's going on?" but but open AI needs Microsoft, Microsoft needs open AI. I don't know if I throw that over to you, Jaden, what's your thought on all this?
0: Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on this. And my first thing that i that I really think about is um, Yes, a falling out wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I think they might be too like embedded for that to not be a messy or very difficult breakup kind of process. But the reason why we say falling out or people are predicting it is because right now like we're seeing a bunch of people are like, okay, Um, Microsoft is not like just loyal to OpenAI. They're working with other players. They're building competing products. They're like, their Microsoft co-pilot thing. They're like, yeah, we built like our own in-house AI stuff that we embedded and added and are like essentially replacing a bunch of OpenAI features. So it's like, at the end of the day, even though they partner and work together on a lot of things, like they do also compete like directly on some things and Microsoft has no reason to like, Microsoft's like, we're not tying ourselves to this company because as we saw, you know, OpenAI could have some sort of issue where it falls apart and Microsoft isn't going to be like, you know, dragged down by that. So they're, and it's smart, right? And they got stakeholders, whatever. So I think because of that, they've built in a little bit of these, like, more... some There's, like, some silos to how they built their stuff, and I think that they definitely have some conflicts. Now, that being said, could Microsoft have done... been where they're at without OpenAI? Absolutely not. They needed the energy. They needed the power of a startup to do what OpenAI has done. I don't think any big company can do that. We see Google is literally struggling to the point of, like, releasing, you know, products and kind of making fake videos to try to, like emulate what this startup is doing when they have thousands and thousands more employees because you need that like startup energy, you need that culture, you need to be able to pull in these like top talent people, and OpenAI seems to have been able to do that. So I think that's some of the issues. Now, the thing that I think we should be looking forward to in 2024 is more deals, regardless of if OpenAI and Microsoft break apart, more deals that look exactly like what Microsoft and OpenAI... Did And the reason for that is because we all just saw the whole debacle of Figma and Adobe and their acquisition getting torn apart, multi-billion dollar acquisition. And, you know, people are saying like, like, well, so what, like these startups, they, they can go and build and there's no liquidity event. Like what happens to the early investors? What happens to the startup? It's just like, it's really painful. But we're looking at a regulatory environment where we're not going to let these, if people aren't letting these big deals go through these Figma, Adobe merger deals, for example, then the model becomes de facto what Microsoft and OpenAI have done. Microsoft owns fifty percent of OpenAI; they essentially control the company. You could argue, but they didn't have to. They um, didn't have to acquire it, so there's no, you know, Federal Trade Commission or whatever to block the acquisition. So I think we'll see more of those, but I do think it's, it possibly could get messy between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that there is tons of consolidation coming just because there's a lot of great models out there. And I mean, even when you and I talk to people out there, there's, there's all these great models and people don't really know which one to use. And I mean, but ChatGPT has just, it's sort of like the Google search of this world at the moment. It's very hard to sort of like make a compelling case for people to use other models unless it's just purely based on price, right? So that's number one. But number two, I totally agree. I think Microsoft and OpenAI, I think they will work it out. I think that the, uh, you know, the debacle that happened, whatever, a month ago or something, like really shook up both companies. I'm sure that they're really looking at, taking a look at their corporate governance structure, like uh, sort of a lot more seriously. My fear is what that it's going to happen with Anthropic. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I've written about this, like that Anthropic. Yeah, it's in your post. I don't want to call it a poison pill. It's not fair, but they have a very similar corporate structure to uh, to the, what OpenAI had. But it kind of, anyway, this sort of like dovetails into uh, another one of these predictions by the information, which is sort of exactly where we were already taking this, which was uh, this idea that some of these big, uh, big open, you know, sorry, these big AI companies will start to merge or, as they say on the information, uh, be acquired at a files, fire sale price. I don't know about that, but they are talking about things like Stability AI, they're talking about Jasper, and they're talking about some of these companies that have really actually. You know, gone through uh, layoffs and cuts and all that kind of stuff because all of a sudden, you know, back a year ago, these were all, you know, for, sort of high-flying companies and all that kind of stuff. But now you're looking at these models and you have OpenAI, you have Anthropic, you have uh, Cohere, uh, you know, U.com, everything else. And that's not even sort of talk about, you know, inflection and everybody else. Mm-hmm. I just feel like There's not enough money To go around To fund all these things Eventually Like in a lot of these places Have the same kinds of investors uh, As you just talked about You know uh, Otherwise You know How Microsoft now Owns half of OpenAI Which is the best $10 billion investment Probably they've ever made mm-hmm. I mean And when you think about it Jane, You remember back when Google invested $300 million In the early days Of open, uh, of Anthropic And that was, that was I don't know What that valuation was But it was I think Sub-billion dollars You know And they're mm-hmm. now That investment's Going to be phenomenal But with everybody doing this there's just no way to all hang on to this so unless and this is what um this is what i love from the information piece too uh you know they're thinking about giant uh, organizations like salesforce oracle things like that purchasing some of these companies that have already done all the legwork and everything like that like how do you see that kind of playing out you know
0: so okay so they make some really interesting claims and i and i think they're right about some things but i think they might be missing the mark on a couple and i kind of mentioned that but like Okay, so their big prediction is that, you know, a former AI darling is going to go under or be acquired at a fire sale price. So they they reference companies like Jasper, which for those that don't know, I found Jasper like last, not this year, September, but the year before September and was in love with the tool. It was kind of a precursor. It was before ChatGPT, but it used OpenAI's DaVinci model. So it was kind of the same thing, but you had to like prompt it to get pretty much like a few sentences. It was, it couldn't write articles. It couldn't do a lot. You had to like prompt it and get a couple sentences. I thought it was amazing. I immediately hired multiple virtual assistants to go onto my Jasper account. I scaled my Jasper account up to $800 a month um, <laughs> and amazing. was just generating like hundreds of articles and was like thrilled. I had VAs on there 24-7 like just creating content. I was thrilled. That was amazing. I was paying them $800 a month. And when I look at their margins, because now, of course, I'm building my own AI tools and I'm just using APIs to open AI, their margins were like 70x. It was like crazy. But I mean, I didn't know how else to do it. I wasn't, you know, like looking at this from a technical angle. And so I was thrilled. And the, and by the way, the ROI I got on the money I spent on Jasper was like phenomenal to this day. Uh, you know, the, the website self-pause that I was using that for gets like 20,000 Google searches and clicks to it every month just like from the Jasper articles that we wrote. So like the ROI is amazing, but at the same time, um, Jasper is deeply troubled, I would say. And I think there was a lot, like when you have this really high kind of, um, innovation cycle that we're seeing right now with a lot of these AI companies, a new one comes out, it kills a whole slew of other ones. And especially when we're seeing a bunch of innovation coming out of open AI, which like you can't really hate them because they're just trying to push forward and get a lot done and do some amazing stuff. But like, you know, every time they came up with a new update this year, there was like 100 startups that were like, oh my gosh, like they killed us, right? Like, you know, PDF.ai or whatever just kind of got killed by the fact that you can upload a PDF to ChatGPT now, right? So there's that whole angle. And I think that um, a, the it's not a big deal if it's like an indie hacker that makes something like PDF.ai. The problem is when you have someone like Jasper that raised $120 million, um, and all of a sudden, like, they're struggling to be relevant because you can do everything the same on, you know, ChatGPT, for example. Let's just theoretically say, I mean, like, I, for one, canceled my Jasper subscriptions a long time ago, replaced it with a $20 a month OpenAI subscription, and I just give all my VAs and they could do the same thing theoretically. I have different strategies now, but, like, if I wanted to, it would be the same thing. So I think they're on a good trail with that where like there's going to be some big disruption for these companies that raised a lot of money. That being said, if Jasper couldn't figure out a pivot to be, make itself useful after raising $100 million, they probably don't deserve the money anyways. And I'm I don't, I'm sure they'll come up with some other incredible thing that they'll do. Maybe they'll train their own models to do some sort of thing. So anyways, it, it, it all depends on how much money they've raised. Will there be fire sales? Maybe. Will there be acquisitions? Remember, the acquisition of Giphy was blocked. Meta couldn't even buy Giphy. It's just a GIF generator because of, like, antitrust or whatever. So I think we're yeah. in a higher regulatory environment where the acquisition... So that's the only thing I think the information got a little bit wrong is, like, the acquisition side is going to be way harder than people think. But maybe there's going to be, like, heavy investments where they buy 50% of the company and just have a controlling stake. Yeah, I could see that happening a lot more.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that, too. I mean, well, this. I mean, this being the AI Applied podcast, you have sort of experience with... Jasper with ChatGPT. I mean anything like that where the the value proposition is, you know, grabbing, you know, somebody's voice or and believe me I've tri- I've played around with you.compy. like, you know, everything like you and I have both played around with these things a ton. I see small differences in them a little bit, but nothing that would sort of like warrant like, oh my gosh, this value proposition is so huge it needs this investment and needs me to sort of like, you know, bear the switching costs, even the mental switching costs from one to the other. What do you see based on your experience with something like Jasper, which was, you know, a huge player?
0: Yeah, I think that, um, like, as far as switching to a new platform, it's it's not hard. So the barrier to, to switching isn't that hard. A lot of these, it, you just, like, eventually when you try a lot of stuff, you're going to find something you love, and that's you just move away, and Jasper is just going to kind of, Tank to a large degree there, but I, I still think they're startups, so they're quick and scrappy and nimble, and they can come up with a pivot if they need to. So I think yeah. it's you know possible that they could they could make that kind of play.
1: Yeah, so, that's, yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to sort of see that. Uh, yeah, I love that, and again, sort of like in this podcast, like I love thinking about that. Like, what are people actually going to be using? I think ChatGPT is still phenomenal. The Last product they came out with, essentially, well, it's not exactly fair, but the big model they came out with was last you know, March or whatever. So I mean, like. Hopefully in the new year, we are looking at something like that. But the other prediction uh, the information makes, uh, you know, besides sort of an obvious one around, you know, the political landscape is going to be a disaster. I think we all know that. Hopefully it pushes, uh, you know, better guardrails in place and stuff like that. Fingers crossed. I don't know that that's going to happen because I think it was trying and I think they're failing dramatically. But the other one that, um, the other prediction that I loved here was that uh, how the information says it is generative AI will break into the physical world. Now, you and I have, like, talked a ton uh, about the Humane Pin, uh, which is the new product that, uh, you know, sort of former uh, designers of the iPhone and everything else have put out. You know, you know, I like the team over there. And it's just this new kind of thing, right? I mean, like, it doesn't look like it's really just, you know, based on, you know, AI from the ground up. It really uh, doesn't have sort of like a screen thing. It's sort of uh, a way that how they position it anyway is kind of getting, you know, people's heads out of their phones and kind of into real life. It's a huge swing. I love the huge swing. It's a beautiful model. And also, I want to say but, but, I mean, I think that the competition only pushes these things great. And so now all the Sam Altman news that, you know, was rumored a while ago about, I don't know how to say it (laughs) because, Jade, maybe like you, sometimes I only see these things written. So apologies, uh, I don't know if it's Johnny or Joni Ive or Ivy, like I-V-E, but, you know, the former iPhone designer and Sam Altman. Johnny Those I-V-E things Is that what me. it is? Like all these, uh, you know, rumors were heating up and now like they're really just like it's a volcanic rumor mill at this point where it's saying like they've gotten together, they are going to do something. Jane, do you see any way that if we're talking on, uh, you know, at the end of December – in one year from today that we don't have one great new piece of hardware or that Humane hasn't really taken a big leap? What's your thought on that?
0: Uh, I think, 100% think 2024 is going to bring us some amazing AI hardware. What I will also say is like we've seen Apple has said that they've made some really big um, breakthroughs. Apple's not one that has been like in the headlines for AI a lot this year, and some people have criticized them for that. But they've said recently um, they have made some big breakthroughs on running AI models locally on iPhones. Um, and so we're seeing, you know, a lot of other players say that they're trying to work on similar things. And then you have the Humane Pin. This is what I'll say about the Humane Pin. I hope it works. It looks cool. I know they've had, like, a rough start. Um, I think it's a cool concept. But if it does let's say it works, it reminds me of, I don't know if you remember the, the Pebble. This was the first smartwatch. It was a Kickstarter, and it was, like, the top-funded Kickstarter. I think they raised $10 million, and uh, it was, like, the first smartwatch. And everyone was like, man, this thing's amazing. It took them a long time to get into production. And Apple came along, made the iWatch, and, of course, I, well, I guess the iWatch has all its own problems now, <laughs> the, the recent yeah. lawsuits and getting the production halted and started again. But, like, Apple has been crushing it in the, in the watch space, and I think I saw something recently that said um, – they are breaking down, like, um, market share of, like, money spent on, like, watches. Like, watch company revenue, and Apple is, like, the number one watch company. And then behind that, I think, was, like, Rolex, and then, like, um, can't remember the third place. But anyways, like, the point being, Apple sells more watches than anyone else in the whole. In fact, I hate watches, and so I think Apple kind of made watches come back as cool. I just don't like anything on my wrist when I just have my phone, you know. Uh, anyways, I, I know there's, like, the whole whatever. Yeah, I know. This is all controversy. People love the Rolexes. Sam Altman wears a $400,000 Rolex. But um, anyways, not my vibe, but I think Apple really made the comeback. And the point in that whole rant being Apple saw a successful hardware product, copy and pasted, it, added their own Apple magic to it, and then it was a hit. And so I think if Humane is a hit, Apple will copy and make a similar yeah. device or Google or Samsung or Huawei or whatever, right? So I think that we're going to see some devices and the, as they trickle, I mean, okay. So the other thing is like, what was the other really cool, like computing device we saw? Well, that was the Oculus from meta. And then of course, Apple does one as well. So like, I think if there's a device that's hot, a hardware device, Apple is a hardware company. People forget about that. I think Apple will come into the space and, uh, snap it up. They'll make something cool. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're going to see some cool stuff and Apple's kind of hinting at that. They're, they're, Building AI to run on iPhones. So I think we'll see some really cool stuff. And I think that's the right direction, right? These the AI running on device, people are like, Well, what's the point? What's the point? Like that's a phenomenal use case. You're stuck in the Nepali Mountains in a snowstorm with no cell reception, and you can ask your phone, like, what's the best way to find shelter based off of this picture I like of my environment and it tells you how to build an igloo? Like, because it's got on the phone, like that's amazing, right? So there's all sorts of crazy like use cases, but like yeah. Moral of the story is running locally on phone on device. I think will be big.
1: No, I think you're right, and I think that you know, and, and also it answers the privacy question. It answers like tons of questions, right? I mean, like that they're already doing this now with a, uh like three point GPT GPT three point five level uh, capabilities on iPhones right now is to me stunning. And as we all know, this is only getting faster and faster. Uh, you know, I'm you know pulling for humane in the same way, sort of like, I'd like to see sort of an open AI story out of them kind of thing. Because again, like I, I love the guys that sort of like come in and take a, take a big swing first. Uh, but we're going to see, I totally agree. I mean, like, look, if Apple pulls this off now, I mean like, you know, Apple maps, you know, also came in, thought they were going to take everything from Google and ended up not being able to do that. But like, this is the year of Apple too. I totally agree. I think this is the year of hardware and, and if nobody does hardware Like Apple, Humane uh, does have that running start on this. So let's just see what happens with that. Um, This is going to be an exciting year. Jaden, I think that we are sort of um, have we've seen like just, I don't like to do like year in review stuff very much, but all the images from like, hey, this is what Mid Journey looked like a year ago to today. I think that we can sort of like take everything right now and just like have mentally in your mind, folks. Forget about like what you think things are like now. Imagine that as like the oldest, you know, worst version of that thing because this year it is going to just take off.
0: 100%. I think uh, 2024 is going to be the year of AI. I got a lot of other predictions. We're going to be making a lot of videos about things that we, we see coming down the pipe. This is kind of just like our summary overview video um, with a lot of really interesting different aspects to it. We'll go more in depth on some of these um, because I think there's some important uh, takeaways that are going to help you do your job better, apply AI and know like what to be looking forward to. Um, I think the reason why, you know, sometimes we don't talk about just like, oh, there's this tool that you can go and it does like X, Y, and Z thing. Like we talk about some of the more like conceptual ideas is because right now, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, um, there, you guys are you guys are making things. You're builders. You're in your organization applying AI. You're teaching other people how to do it. You're kind of the, the cutting edge people, right? And we want you guys to also have a bit of the roadmap of where this is going. We don't, we don't want you to accidentally go down the wrong road and say, you know, bet the farm on like, hey, all of our departments need to be using X, Y, and Z and going in this direction when like we know the regulatory environment or the industry or the next projects coming down the pipe are kind of moving the other way. So we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of those uh, broader overview things as well. well. We'll keep bringing you some of that stuff. But really appreciate you tuning into the podcast today. Um, and make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day.